You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Today's scripture, Luke 1, verses 26 through 55, from the Common English Bible. Jesus' birth foretold. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman, who was labeled unable to conceive, is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary visits Elizabeth. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is he, is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary praises God. Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the power down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. 
He has looked over with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will be considered me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant and Israel remembering his mercy. Just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. So earlier this week, unfortunately, I hurt my back one day. And after I came home from the doctor, I spent the rest of the day recuperating, which meant binge watching a show on Netflix. And one of the recurring themes of that particular series is the question of fate versus free will. It's a question that our Wednesday Bible study has discussed more than once. And in case you wonder where the Methodist tradition lands on this question, we are definitely in the camp of free will. Our God is a sovereign God who chooses to be love. And we know that love is not coercive. And so we are given the gift of free will. In fact, I believe so strongly in this that I really think it's not just free will, but freed will. By God's pervenient grace, that grace that goes before us, that action of God frees us from the chains of sin so that we have our will available to us to choose, to embrace God's love or not. I see that act of free will happening here in the scripture that Tricia just read for us from the Gospel of Luke. Now, Mary was a young woman who likely would not have felt like she had a lot of choices in life. As a woman in that culture, she was expected to marry the man that her family selected for her. And so when this angel appears, it's possible that she didn't feel like she had a choice, that she had to say yes. But if we listen closely to the conversation that she has with her cousin Elizabeth, that powerful piece of scripture that we call the Magnificat, it shows her determination and her excitement at participating in the incredible work of God that God invited her into and that God wanted to do in this world through her. And so God asked and Mary said, yes, this encounter between the two cousins is an encounter between two women, each with an impossible pregnancy. Now today, of course, we know a lot more about the science of fertility, but there are still no guarantees in that field of medicine. And in Mary and Elizabeth's day, people lived with a much deeper belief in God's role in opening or closing a woman's womb to allow her to bear a child. Society saw a clear connection between bearing children and the blessing of God on a family. 
In our journey through scripture this year, we have heard some of those stories of our foremothers and forefathers in faith as they lived with the desire to grow their family, but not always having children when they wanted. We remember Abraham and Sarah, who were very old when God promised that they would have a child. They were so old that Sarah literally laughed out loud at that proclamation and promise. And yet, God's promise came true. And she did give birth to a son they named Isaac. We hear an echo of that ancient story in the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. They too had prayed for a child, but none came until Elizabeth was very old. And the angel promised Zechariah that she would conceive, and indeed Elizabeth is now pregnant, and her cousin Mary came to visit. The Reverend Brian McLaren wrote this, In a way, the stories of Sarah and Elizabeth are a picture of the experience of the Jewish people. The prophets had inspired them to dream of a better day. Their prophecies echoed that first promise to Abraham that everyone everywhere would be blessed through Abraham's descendants. But those promises and prophecies had been delayed and frustrated and delayed again until it seemed almost ridiculous to keep the dream alive. All of us experience frustration, disappointment, impatience, and despair at times. We all feel that we have the capacity to help to create something beautiful and good and needed and wonderful in the world. But sometimes potential goes unfulfilled or our promising hopes miscarry. And so we live on one side and then the other of the border of despair. And then the impossible happens, end quote. In this gospel story, the impossible has happened more than once. Elizabeth in her old age is in her sixth month of pregnancy. And her young cousin Mary has come to visit The unmarried Mary is also impossibly pregnant. Reverend McLaren goes on to say, quote, It's tempting to quickly assign both stories to the category of primitive pre-scientific legend and be done with it. After all, both stories are, to scientific minds, simply impossible. But what if that's exactly the point? What if their purpose is to challenge us, to blur the line between what we think is possible and what we think is impossible? Could we ever come to a time when when swords would be beaten into plowshares, when the predatory people in power, the lions, would lie down in peace with the vulnerable and the poor, the lambs? When God's justice would flow like a river to the lowest and most God-forsaken places on earth. When the brokenhearted would be comforted and the poor would receive good news. If all of that sounds impossible, that's because it is, but God makes the impossible possible. Possible. 
And maybe it's not too late for something beautiful to be born. And maybe it's not too soon either. Maybe the present moment in which we are living is pregnant with possibilities of the impossible, with possibilities that we can't see or imagine, but which God invites us to participate. So in this light, maybe the point of these pregnancy stories is to challenge us to dare to hope like Mary and Elizabeth that the seemingly impossible is possible. They challenge us to align our lives around the impossible possibilities hidden in this present moment. And maybe that image of a virgin birth challenges us in another way. You see, the leaders of ancient empires typically presented themselves as divine human hybrids with superpowers. Pharaohs and Caesars called themselves sons of God. And in them, the violent power of the gods was fused with the violent power of humanity to create superhuman superviolence and allowed them to create superpower nations. But here is God, not coercing, but inviting a young woman to bear a child who would be known not for violence, but for kindness. This is an entirely different kind of leader. One who does not rule with the power of swords and spears, but with a sense of justice and compassion. In Luke's telling of the birth of Jesus, God aligns with the created feminine power of womanhood rather than the violent masculine power of Caesar and Pharaoh. The doctrine of the virgin birth, it turns out, may not be just about bypassing sex, but about subverting violence. That violent top-down patriarchy is subverted not by counter-violence, but by the creative power of pregnancy. It is what through proud men have considered the weaker sex, that God's true power enters and changes the world. That is what Mary understood and what she proclaimed as she said to her cousin those beautiful words of the Magnificat. God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, scattered the proud, brought up the powerful, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. Mary could see the impossible possibilities ahead. She said yes to the invitation of the Holy Spirit to cooperate with God's creative power. She surrendered and nurtured and gave her all because she believed the impossible was possible. Her son, Jesus, consistently modeled her self-surrender and receptivity to God. And he consistently preferred kindness over violence. That is what it means to be alive in the adventure of Jesus. We present ourselves to God. 
Our bodies, our stories, our futures, our possibilities, and even our limitations. Here I am, we say along with Mary. Here I am. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me according to your will. Thanks be to God for this invitation. Amen.